Okay, welcome back to Sister Saints. This is Christine Stevenson again, and I'm excited to interview my friend Marie Loveless. And um, she served her mission about, she came home about 15 years ago, mm-hmm. and she served in Paris, France, which is so fun. She has um, four little boys that are crazy. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're crazy. <laughs> and they're so fun. She lives in Highland, Utah. She loves to um, go camping and be in the outdoors. She's totally an adventure seeker, which is so fun. Uh, she has a degree in print journalism, and she works for Intermountain Healthcare doing their graphic design for HR. So it's pretty awesome. She has a really full, fun life. <laughs> and she teaches gospel doctrine. Yep, that's right. And her ward right now. <laughs> which is so fun. So I'm excited to interview her today and I'm excited for everyone to learn from her. Um, let's start with how did you learn that the Lord wanted you to serve a mission? Well, I think when I was a kid, I always said I wanted to go on a mission. Um, but I was, you know, when it came down to it, I was my third year into college and I wanted to make sure I went not just because everybody else was going, but I wanted to go um, because I knew it was right. And at that point in my life, um, I felt like I needed more and I wanted, I wanted to, and I prayed about it and I just felt like it, it was right. And, and then it all fell into place. So that's so awesome. I love that. It's so interesting because for some people then they know, or they think they think about it their whole life and then other people, it's just yeah right then or even later <laughs> after they they're when they're a little bit older I mean it's just so different and I love that the Lord has this plan for everyone yeah and some people are ready at a specific time that's why you you don't have to go at that certain age you know and we're not ready to be parents when we're 15 just like we're not ready sometimes to go on a mission until certain times in 22 life. or right. <laughs> whenever it is and that's why I love that the Lord has this specific plan for everyone it's not just whatever happens. It's like the Lord knows us. He knows our hearts and our desires and he helps us and guides us in the right direction at the right time. How is Mm -hmm. that reinforced for you on your mission? Well, so on my mission, um, like I was super excited to get called to France, but I was super scared. And, um, in my first area, I went to a little town called Nantes and it's way up in the Northwestern part of France. And, I got there, um, you know, as every missionary is like super pumped, they get off the airplane, they're just ready to go. But I got there and I have this awesome companion. Her name was Sister Rands, and we got along super well. But I didn't anticipate how difficult it would be once I got there. Um, when I got there, <clears throat> there was we didn't have any investigators. And so what we ended up doing was just knocking on doors and talking to people on the street, like all day for six weeks. And if, and you know, if anybody's served a mission, I don't know if you've had the same experience, but I it's mean, it's miserable. It's super hard, <laughs> right? Really like hard. you're like, uh, I didn't, I don't know if I can do this. And like, obviously I couldn't speak the language. And so that was super hard. And then I started getting sick. I got a science infection and I happened to be in the same apartment with one of the sisters I was in the NTC with. And I thought, how is she doing? She seems like she's doing great. And I went over to her desk and she had a little note on her wind in her mirror that said, um, it's only 18 months. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I feel a little bit better. Maybe she's just as miserable as I am. And, you know, all the crying in the shower so my companion couldn't hear. I just thought. This is so hard. 
Anyway, so um, as time went on, I was talking to my trainer, and we were talking about our past family members who had served missions. And I mentioned to her that my mom had served in Brazil back in the 70s. And she said, oh, that's funny. My mom served in Brazil. And we're like, oh, that's that's kind of funny. <laughs> And like, what so, are the chances? I know, right? Sister missionaries in yeah. 1970s. I mean, like, that's pretty rare. I think there's, rare. like, what, like, 20 or 30 missions in Brazil now. Right. I don't know how many there were back then. I know, but, yeah, even just the chances of that, I know. that happening. <laughs> in the same so country. So, anyway, we were like, well, that would be funny if they served in the same mission. So, she she was like, well, I'll ask my mom. You ask yours, you know. So, we emailed or sent letters or whatever, and we heard back, and we were totally shocked because we found out that, Yes, they had served in the same mission, and they were actually companions. And That's crazy. It was crazy. I mean, just think of the chance. The, oh, like, yeah. There is no chance. Yeah. That's so crazy. And I Slimmed think... None. Right. Like, and I think a lot of people might say, well, that's just a coincidence. And it would be easy to just say, you know, that just happened. Wow, that's crazy. But at the time, like, I was having a super hard time. And when I heard that... As I thought more about it, I realized that the Savior was aware of me at that moment. And he, he knew me. And I knew that I was where I was supposed to be at that very time in my life. And I thought, okay, this is super hard, but I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. And that was all I needed. And it was still super hard. <laughs> you know, like we still didn't have more investigators. We still didn't have any baptisms. But I knew that someone was aware of me, and that was the Savior. And that was a tender mercy, and that is like the exact definition of it. And I tried to remember that experience often. Isn't that so crazy? I think that's so great. There's a talk by Elder Rasband in October 2017 after I heard your story, then I went and looked it up because I've heard so often there's no such thing as coincidences. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this talk, I'll have to put it on the website, but... It is such a beautiful talk talking about how when we look back at our life, then we'll realize all of those like those weird coincidences, uh -huh. like what are the chances, then we'll see more clearly God's hand as we went about our lives. Yeah. And I think that's so great. There there was one story in in his talk that I read this morning uh -huh. <laughs> that talked about um a sister going out to see going out to a church history tour and mm -hmm. her brother was serving his mission out there and she wasn't planning on seeing him. But then like by chance, then they happen, they happened to be on the same street at the same time oh, when the, her bus came. That's so crazy. <laughs> I know. Isn't it so crazy that, and that same thing actually happened to me. I was serving in, in Spain and uh -huh. my brother went out there with his friends and I had been transferred to the area that my brother was visiting to Barcelona, oh. right? In the same week that he was traveling out there and he ran into some missionaries, some missionaries contacted him and they're like, Hey, have you heard of our church? And my brother's oh, like, right. yeah, my sister's serving there. Oh my gosh. That's I crazy. know. Isn't that so funny? I was like, I can't believe he didn't look me up before, but he, I mean, it was the same thing. I'm not going to talk to her. Like mm -hmm. it's fine. And it was such a tender mercy for me. Cause at the same time I was having a hard time. Oh yeah. And I was like, what, why am I going to this area instead of this area? And why do I have this companion and not this? Like, why does everything confused. seem so hard? Uh -huh. And then for all of this to line up so perfectly, I love that the Lord is in the details. Mm -hmm. it, it just like reaffirms all the things. Yeah. All the hope, all the joy, all the things. It's like, I know he knows me. And so no matter how hard life gets, we're so 
blessed to be able to have yeah, that knowledge. and he is in the details. Isn't it so I'm, great? I'm going to have to go read that talk. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. Um, so how has that influenced your life today? Well, I think a lot of times, so you go get home from your mission and you don't feel like you're invincible anymore and life gets real, you know, and you're like, <laughs> you know, I'm just like this little speck in life and am I that important? And it really hit home to me as a mother because a lot of times you're just at home with your kids and sometimes you feel isolated. There's people all around you, but you feel alone, you know. And I've tried since my mission to recognize the tender moments, those tender mercies that happen. And I remember at one point, um, I had a little two-year-old and I was pregnant and we were living in this like dungeon of a basement apartment. (laughs) It was dark and... We didn't have two cars at the time, so I couldn't drive anywhere. And so I got out and went for a walk. And I was just like super depressed, you know? And I think a lot of moms can relate to that. And at that moment, my father-in-law, who has since passed away, he called and he just said, hey, I was just thinking of you. And I thought, that is not a coincidence. (laughs) He called right when I was at my lowest, you know? And he just said, I just want to see how you're doing. He didn't have a reason to call. And that's the hardest thing. We think that we're alone, but we're not, you know. And though that moment, I know he was touched by the Spirit. And the Savior reaffirmed to me, now as a mother, as opposed to being a missionary, that I'm still here, you know. And that's why we need to remember those little moments because it's not the grand miraculous things that happen that impact our lives most of the time. It's those little tender mercies. And so that's what's helped me. And I love, I love that story because it's like, okay, when, when like the whole world seems awful and like everything's not going right. And then it's like, okay, you got that call from your father-in-law right when you needed it. And that is like proof that God's aware of you and that you're in the right place at the right time, all of these things. And, and that he is also like your father-in-law was able to listen to the spirit. And so it's like all of these like chess pieces moving. Yes. And Uh it just all works together for our good. So it's like, okay, even if all the problems don't go away, how lucky we are to be able to know that a God is aware of us. Yeah. No matter how lonely and how lost we feel. Yeah. And he loves us. He wants us to know, you know, and sometimes we're just too busy to recognize. Isn't it so crazy? It's so neat. I love that story. Thanks so much, Marie. Yeah. Um, So we know you're a big adventurous. (laughs) Well, we try to be. uh, (laughs) Yeah. No, you totally are. (laughs) It's so great. I, one day I want to grow up to be like, Oh yeah. (laughs) So you compare um, part of your mission to jumping off a waterfall. I want to hear that comparison. Well, this idea actually came to me from one of my companions in my first transfer um, because we obviously did a lot of contacting. And so one of these sister missionaries told told me, she said, "Um, missionary work specifically contacting and street contacting is like jumping off a waterfall. And I love that analogy because if you've ever stood on the edge of a ledge like a cliff about to jump in water or a waterfall I don't know how many people jump off waterfalls (laughs) but there's that moment of hesitation where you're scared and you you have to force your body over and you see other people doing it and they're actually okay and then they're actually coming back up and doing it again and you think okay I don't know how I don't know (laughs) if I can do this but then you do it and you jump in and you're like exhilarated 
you feel stronger and braver for it. And I love that analogy because on my mission, a lot of missions are like this. It's highly populated and people travel using uh, public transportation. So the way you talk to people is by talking to them on the street. And, and that is a common way on the bus, on the train. So um, it was difficult for me at the beginning. When I first got to Paris, we got off the airplane and we met the elders at the airport. And we we're like, oh, we're going to go lay down and sleep. We're all jet lagged. <laughs> And as we were about to get on the train, the elders informed us that we were going to go contacting in downtown <laughs> Paris our first day. I mean, none of us spoke French, right? And I was like, oh my gosh. Like all of our stomachs were turning. We were super nervous as we were waiting for that train to pull up that was going to take us down to Paris. So the train pulls up. We all step on. And I'm like, I'm just going to do it. And I just rushed up to this girl, like the nicest person I could find. She was sitting all by herself and I sat right in front of her. And I just started talking, but it was more like a mix of English and French and a little gibberish, I think. Like it was not comprehensible. And she just looked at me like I was crazy and just left. (laughs) And all the elders and sisters that were on the train were just staring at me. And I walked back over there and the the AP was like, we're not starting yet. (laughs) But I felt like I had to jump off that waterfall to force myself. But then as my mission went forward, I don't think contacting people ever got like easy. I felt like I could do it quicker but it was always like jumping off that waterfall. And it was like a refining. Because I would say probably one in 50 people wanted to hear what you had to say. And if they wanted to, and most of the other people were not only saying, no, I don't want to hear, they're rude. You know? Uh-huh. I mean, think how hard that is, right. you know? Just like <laughs> talking to people and... They're just so mean to you. Right. You know, and you're talking in another language. They can hear your thick accent, right? (laughs) And you're talking about religion. And so it really made me decide, if I'm going to be here, I better know that this is true because this sucks. (laughs) I don't know if I should say suck. This is so hard, right? But it made me brave. It made me courageous. And that was 18 months. It wasn't one single moment. It was 18 months of getting up and doing that brave thing, jumping off that waterfall every day, you know? And that's what's hard, but that's what makes you who you are, right? Every day. Right. And, you know, I learned a lot from that, I think. <laughs> I, think I know contacts, contacting in general is really hard. It is. Did you do a lot of it on your mission? Yeah. A ton. Yeah. But um, I remember being going from the MTC in Provo up to Salt Lake, and we had to go out and get some visas in in California. Oh. Uh-huh. And the elders that we were with, like, there were some really, like, excited elders, and they started contacting in the airport when oh, really? we were at the MTC. And I, and I like, remember, <laughs> and it reminds me of how what you were saying, the elders were like, we're not starting yet. Yeah. That's totally how I felt when these elders are, like, going around the airport. They're like, hey, have you heard of our church? I'm like, we're still in Utah. Should I be doing this? <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not even <laughs> in Spain yet. <laughs> I know. I was like, I can't do this yet. I can't. I'm not ready. I haven't. And it, oh, yeah. it's really like, it's almost like you're never ready. No. You're, and 
and the Lord is working with what you're ready to give. Yeah. So it's not like you have to know everything that you're going to say and know all the answers. It's mm-hmm. like the Lord is like, oh, someone who's ready to yes. share this and he will give you everything you need. And a lot of times, whether the people respond or don't respond, some walk away angry and some and some mm-hmm. become like your best friends that never want anything to do with the yes. church. <laughs> yeah, they do. They just want a friend. <laughs> and it's, I mean, and that's what's so great about like all the chess pieces that we were talking about mm-hmm. before. It's like the Lord is like his plan is a perfect plan. Mm -hmm. And so whatever we're ready to give, whenever we're ready to give it. And I feel like he just gives you little nudges. Yes. Like this is you can do it. Keep going. Yeah. And a lot of time people are more touched by your humility. Right. They're like, wow, this, this This has got to be brave. Right. (laughs) And then you find that one soul, you know, that is just like looking. Oh yeah. It's it's so so, crazy. So rewarding. I know. It's so, it's so rewarding. It just, it it just feels so good. Yes. Yeah. And I remember one girl, we knocked on a door and she looked at us and she's like, you guys are so weird. <laughs> and I was like, I guess we are a little weird. I was like, oh, well. And at that point I was like, I don't even care. You know, I'm know. like, you know, I've done this for a while now. <laughs> if you want to think I'm weird, it's fine. Well, and <laughs> you start feeling, I mean, I guess weird is kind of a harsh word, but you're definitely different. You feel different. Yeah. It's like, you feel like. Um, like the Lord is with you all the time. Mm-hmm. Like you feel like you're kind of invincible, you yeah, know? And so which then it's like, great. you have to be reminded that you're a regular person <laughs> <laughs> because the spirit is so strong in your yeah. life. You know? It's just, it's just around you all the time. I know it's there's amazing. just such a power with being a missionary. Yeah. So how would you say that has influenced your life today? So, um, you know, life gets hard, right? As I was saying before, and you get home and we can't like pick our trials, <laughs> you know, I don't know, maybe we would want to pick our trials, but <laughs> I know specifically in my life, um, that courage that I've learned to develop and that bravery on my mission really helped me as I pr- had to deal with my own divorce, um, after about four and a half years of marriage. And it's not something anybody ever plans on. Right. And it's hard because when you're stuck in a situation that you can't get out of, it's easy to just say, well, I'll just stick it out a little longer. And sometimes it's harder to take that step forward and choose to separate your marriage than it is to stay together Um, because it's a leap of faith and it's, it takes a lot of courage, you know, and it was super hard for me, um, for a long time and anybody who's been divorced can can attest to that you know and i remember just thinking okay i can either become super bitter or i can take a hold of that courage that i learned on my mission and move forward and several months after my divorce i had a friend come up to me and say how are you doing you know and i'm like i'm actually doing okay I'm actually doing a lot better than I should be. And I knew that was the enabling power of the atonement taking hold in my life. And I said, I'm going to do everything that I can. Just like taking that step forward and talking to that stranger in the street. In real life, you know, you have to just move forward. And the Savior was there. He was by me and he couldn't take away um, this challenging time, but he could comfort me. And he could help me to move forward. And I felt like that courage 
is what brings all of us to move forward to that next day because we're still going to have to move forward. But jumping off that waterfall, you don't have to do it alone. You've got the Savior there. And it got me through that hard time. And, and I know it can get me through lots of other hard times because of that refining I went through on my mission. That refining of, you know what? This is hard. This is super hard. But you can still be happy. Well, and it almost feels like it doesn't make sense. Because mm-hmm. you're like, why, if I'm out sharing the gospel... Are people not listening? Yeah. Why, if I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do, everything that I've been taught, I'm out here, I'm dedicating my time, I'm reading my scriptures, I'm doing all of these things. Why is it so hard? Yeah. Why? (laughs) (laughs) You ask yourself that every day. (laughs) Well, and then thinking of your divorce, it's like, I've done everything right. Yeah, I got got married married in the temple. temple. I met, he's a return missionary. I'm a return missionary. I study my scriptures. I I go to church every Sunday. I pay my tithing. All of these things. Like, I'm checking all of these boxes. Yes. Like, why is the outcome not easy? Yeah. Why was it not happening the way I should, you know? And, And I also learned from a divorce that, because before I got a divorce, I used to be so judgmental. Like, oh, those two people just can't get along. And it's not that at all. You know, and it helps me to have more compassion for people who are going through that. And I have so many friends that I've talked to, and we've been able to therapeutically help each other get through those hard times. So, you know, it can be a blessing. And going back to, like, just your first story, it's like, even though it doesn't make sense in the moment, then mm-hmm. looking back, then you can see God's hand and like the movement of the pieces. Yes. And it's like, you know what? He is still there even through the trials and through the problems. So we didn't, we didn't come down here to have a perfect and easy life. Yeah. We came down here to learn through trials and problems and struggles. And that's what, like you said, it, that's what refines us. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly, that's why we're here. I mean, <laughs> If it was super easy, we would learn nothing, <laughs> right? And sometimes but. I'm like, would that be so bad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just be pint roses all the time. I, don't I know. know. <laughs> I know. I think that's so great. I just love um, being able to see God's hand through all of the pieces, mm-hmm. through all of the trials and all of the struggles and all of the problems. And then that leap of faith that you talk about, it's like, I've just got to keep going. Yeah. We've got to keep trying. Even though none of this makes sense. Yeah. Things should be easier. And you get better for it every day. Right. You know, and that you just don't give up, I think, is the main thing. You just keep going. Right. <laughs> and that he's with you through all of it. It's so mm-hmm. great. Yeah. I love that story. Thanks so much. Um, And I want to hear, did you ever have a golden contact? Well, you know, a lot of missionaries talk about that. <laughs> you hear it a lot at homecomings and, and you think, oh, that's so cliche, right? <laughs> but, you know, I did have... A golden contact, I guess you could say. Um, we were waiting at a train station in a town called Avery. And um, I had served in that town for 11 months of my mission. Holy cow. So it's a long time, <laughs> right? So I almost felt like I knew a lot of the community at that point. Right. And we were waiting at this train station. And there was a lady sitting on a bench. And, you know, the spirit said, you need to go talk to her. So I just sat down by her and showed her my plaque and talked to her. And she was like, I've been waiting for you. You know, it's that story. Where you're like, and you're just over excited and you're just, okay, let's go. Let's get this going. And we taught her. She had a son um, who was like nine and she was from Sudan, had converted from um, Islam to Christianity, which is also very unique in and of itself. 
So we taught her the gospels. She accepted everything. She just embraced it, you know. Oh, she was wow. coming to church. And, I mean, she was great. She, we just really loved her. And so she got baptized. And we were super excited about that. And then um, the first week after she got baptized, she came to church. And it just so happened that we were doing the primary program. And so they were organizing the children on the chapel seats. And... Um, they told her son to sit on one end and they told Madeline, what's her name? Madeline to go sit where her class was that she was um, called to teach because she was called to serve as a primary teacher. Well, she wanted to sit by her son. She's a new member, right? And she doesn't understand how it all works. And the French people um, are very blunt, very straightforward. And so in a few words, the primary president told her, you're sitting over there, your son's sitting over here, and that's the end of it. And she felt like Christ's church people would not talk to her that way. Oh, no. And so she never came back, right? The first Sunday after she got baptized. I mean, I I was heartbroken. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was like, how could this happen? And we tried to explain, you know, this is a perfect church, but these people, we are not perfect. You, right. you know, and I thought you said you believed in the church. <sighs> She's like, well, not anymore, because if there's people like that in the church, I'm not going to, I'm not going to come again. Oh, you know, no. I mean, I mean, you probably had oh, yeah. stories like that on your mission. It's just heartbreaking. She was like, I, she was my friend, you know, she wasn't just an investigator. She was my friend. And anyway, it made me think, how can one person, like, just let it go like that? What causes someone to just let go of the truth that they held so dear? And it was, it was difficult. But. So how does that story apply to your life today? Um, I think everyone can relate to this story because I don't think, I don't think anyone has ever gone to church and associated with someone and got along with every single person. Right? <laughs> right. I mean, there's people, you encounter people in church, at, at school, everywhere you go. But specifically at church that they don't do things the way you do. Right? And so there's conflict. Um, and you have to decide, what do I believe? Do I believe in a church full of happy, nice people and that's what it's about? Or is it, is it deeper than that? Is your testimony founded on Jesus Christ? And there was a specific experience I had. Um, I was serving as um, primary president in the, in the different ward years, like a couple years after my mission, like four years or something. Um, and there was a particular girl in our mission, in our ward <laughs> that had an illness and the bishop did not want any of the primary teachers to be aware of this illness because they didn't want he didn't want them her to be discriminated against. So I was like, okay, fair enough. The bishop's request, I'll do that. Anyway, one of this little girl's primary teacher caught wind of this illness and she was so mad. She was super angry and so she called at me you. at me because I didn't tell her about this, you know, and I could, I could see her side of the story, right? Right. She called and for an hour just yelled, yelled at me on the phone. Like, and I just sat and listened. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I mean, and it was harsh. It wasn't just like, I mean, it was harsh. <laughs> right. And at that moment, 
in my head, I was like, I don't agree with the way you're treating me. Right. You know, this shouldn't be fair. This is not right. But I was like, but she's angry. I need to look at this at a different point of view. I need to look at her perspective and apologize, you know? And (laughs) so... Marie's a nicer person than me. I don't know. It took a lot of, you know, deep within. (laughs) Anyway, so we actually ended on good terms. And I know that maybe I could have taken Madeline's point of view and said, to heck with it. People are going to treat me like that. I'm not going to go back to church. Well, how hard would it be to see people that treat you? Yeah. I mean, it's super hard. But I think we have to have this perspective of that charity, that pure love of Christ. And are, are we emulating Christ's church? Do we really believe that this is Christ's church? Because if we do, we believe that God loves everyone. Right. And sometimes that's super hard. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it's so hard. And I feel like I've seen it a lot more since my mission than... Cause Probably before my mission, I didn't really pay attention to anything like war dynamics and people and problems. Right. I was just like, you're just like a teenager. <laughs> right. But now that I'm older and I've been in, I was in my ward for, I mean, close to 10 years. I've oh, been yeah. in the same ward. I see so many people and I'm like, that have gotten offended or I mean like problems or situations and things that have been said, like mean things right. from people and, yeah. and people who have left the church for years and years and years. And I feel like. Um, like the things that I learned on my mission, like the testimonies that they, that they have had, I just feel like, I mean, there's so many steps to conversion. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully, I mean, I know the Lord has a plan for each person and hopefully the people that can help bring them back will be sent to the wards and to the areas. But it's like, there is so, there's so much like meanness sometimes and and it probably mostly stems from like sadness or like a place of of them not feeling super loved or accepted yeah and that's why people get so mad and upset but at the same time when they like lash out you never know where that's gonna hit you never know who the problems that that person's facing so to have like that dynamic and I think of especially when you're a missionary and these investigators they're almost like like babies you yes know? they it's are like, please don't hurt them like, i love them so just much be nice. you <laughs> do, and i mean especially you haven't grown up in the church it's, right it's a culture right know? and they have no one else like they have these missionaries and and then the they leave. leave right and so, <laughs> so i'm always hard like on them. what am i gonna do like and but i feel like the way that the missionary program is set up is so perfect so it can't be like these people were converted because of me. Yes. Like it yeah. has to be the savior. Yeah. It has to be him. And so ultimately it's like, so you were that first step in converting that golden contact. Yeah. And I do think that there'll be another missionary that, yeah. I or mean, another person, member of the church somewhere that's like, come back. Yes. Like Christ needs you and he wants you here and you can help so many others. Yeah. And you just have to kind of get, maybe it's life's experiences that maybe make you more humble and maybe open the door later on. Right. But it's so exhausting to hold on to that anger. Right. You know, and it's like, why just let it go? I know. You know, but it can be so hard. And people are going to be people. Some are going to be awesome and some are not going to be awesome. And it's the way it's going to go. But I just feel like there are people for each type of person. Yeah. So it's like, as we like learn who we are in God's eyes, then the more we're able to help like the people who, like I can help or that will help me will be sent to my path. Yeah. So I well, like you get called to minister to someone and you're like, at first you're like, um, why? <laughs> I don't know them. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but then you get to know them and you realize, okay, 
we actually need each other for right. whatever reason. And how weird. Like, uh, yeah. Because I never would have been that person's friend. Or I never would I know. have. Like, we would not cross paths. Or, well, and all. it makes you grateful that you have people, you know, leaders in your ward that are close enough to the spirit to, to recognize your needs and their needs. And so respond to that. Yeah. Know? Like, what a miracle we can produce in our lives if we just, like act on it and that's what I really think it is it's just miracles I mean Mm -hmm. some are huge and some are small but they're all like all of them are miracles and it's it's super fascinating yeah I mean we've got to write it down and share it I know yes so this is great (laughs) so I want to hear your biggest takeaway from your mission um well I you know it's different for everyone but like I feel like it gave me that solid foundation that no matter what, you stick to what you believe. And that, that's, I think, the most important thing. Because, like, life will take you in a lot of directions. But whatever direction you go, it can be a happy thing and a happy experience if you have the Lord by your side the whole way. Um, and to just not forget. Because as I was reading through my mission journal, I was thinking of all these things. I realized that it was such fulfilling experience but then you get home and you've got culture and everything surrounding you and all these temptations from every direction and you you forget I mean on your mission you pray like an and you study for like an hour a day right and how often do we just not even study at all days on end and just forget right so it's a reminder to me of what's most important if 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 we can just daily do that, you know, we want to strengthen those spiritual muscles. And I mean, it's made me who I am today. And I hope that my children will choose to go on a mission one day, um, just so that they can feel for themselves that, that refining and that fortifying that missions really give you. Cause I mean, it's, it's incredible. So I'm just, I'm always so grateful for my mission and everything I learned from it, which I'm sure you, you are as well, but so, yeah, that's probably the greatest takeaway. That is great. I love that. I really, I am like such a, um, obviously like a pro mission person. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. I, just think, I, I just feel like the Lord really truly wants us to share our knowledge with other people. Yeah. So it's not something, I feel like there's so much, um, I don't know, stuff that goes around missions, like all of this, like there's so much societal pressures of why you should go and the things if you're this certain age if you're this type of person then you should go and I don't buy into any of that my whole thing is like do you know that God loves you Mm -hmm. and if you do then don't you want other people to feel that same way right and so it's like you are able to share this with people who have never even heard it before it's such an amazing blessing it is I mean and your personality will fit all those people that you meet on your mission right. that need you. It's so crazy. I know. And then you feel it. I mean, it's there's nothing like that feeling you get when you meet that person that just wants to learn more. I mean, it's just, it's like Christmas, you know? <laughs> it really is. Yeah. It's so awesome. Well, thank you so much, Marie. I love hearing your stories, and I love hearing all of these experiences. They're so great. Well, thanks. thanks for inviting me. Thanks for your time.